and welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast and you join Rowan Horncastle and I, Jack Ricks, um, for another one of those exciting podcasts where we're let loose with a couple of microphones and a recorder at an event and we just wander around and sort of talk about what's in front of us. Rowan, which event are we at today? Uh, we're at Ascot Racecourse. No, we're not. We're at Goodwood <laughs> Festival of Speed. Um, I've had my hay fever tablet and I'm ready to walk around and get grass up my nose and look at some really cool old new cars. It's anniversary fever everywhere. Everyone's having a birthday this Well, everyone has a birthday every year, but this one, there's some big names. Uh, but yeah, we're here just to run around and see what's going on. Yeah, so first port of call, I reckon, Aston Martin. Well, we've already seen it. It's the Val- Valor. Well, we haven't seen it. Have you seen it? I no, I haven't seen, seen it. it. I've seen pictures of it. It's yeah. this um, Aston Martin Valor, but uh, they're literally revealing it in the kennels over there. So I reckon we make a dash over there and get some eyes on it and tell you what we think about that. We're going to save you the pain of listening to us pant and sweat as we run around the show trying to bring you all the most exciting stuff. So we'll cut and magically reappear next to something interesting. Well, there's interesting things all around us. Currently, there's a Bugatti Belide behind you and a new singer. So it feels like we need to come back to this lawn a bit late. But anyway, we are late for Aston Martin. Let's go see what they've got there. All right, let's leg it. So, ladies and gentlemen, the new Aston Martin follow Okay, so that's what the reveal of a new car at Goodwood sounds a little bit like. We've made our way out onto the balcony, um, just outside the Aston Martin hospitality area where they revealed the Valor, uh, which is overlooking the track. So you're probably going to hear some engines. There's a fleet of McLaren Arturas driving past at the moment. Yeah, they could knock those into EV for us. So that was its party trick, just to be a bit quieter. But yeah, let's just preface the day. There's going to be noise around. There's going to be helicopters, fast cars, V8s, V12s. It's not going to be our, our usual immaculate production values. Let's put it that way. But let's talk about this. Aston, right? Because we've just spoken to the design director behind it, all the PR team, we've asked all our questions. But all that matters is that first impression. What do you think? Well, should we tell them what it is first, the Valor? Oh, yeah. That so, might be useful. Yeah. So basically, if you go onto Google now and type in Aston Martin Victor, basically it was the one off 177 mixed with a bit of, uh, well, Valkyrie, not Valkyrie components, there was a bit of technology from that, but also Vulcan. I'm getting all my Vs mixed up. <laughs> there's too many Vs. There's an Aston One Valerie in there of, somewhere. They're going to run out of interesting names beginning with the V yeah, soon, I'm the sure. The Vivian's coming next. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, anyway, we, we both of us were very lucky to drive that because it was basically a manual gearbox V12. Yeah crazy and, engine and, and we should just say that car was a total one-off so some extremely wealthy bloke approached aston martin and said i've got an idea i'd love you to build me a car um aston martin said great we've got a 177 chassis lying around around the back we've got a spare 7.3 liter naturally aspirated v12 and they cobbled it together to this brutal kind of 70s tribute to the kind of 70s well it's, um, it's racer. To the, the muncher ah, the, yeah the, the, muncher. the, the, the v8 vantage muncher so which cool is the Le it munched through its brakes which basically meant it was massively heavy but we don't care yeah because it had a massive engine it's fine but yeah. uh so anyway yeah a man then he, he requested that and they said oh that's going to cost you lots of millions of Pounds. I think I think the number four million quid was flown around because you basically if you're building a one-off you're not only paying for the design uh, it, it's all the engineering all the R&D to produce one car so lots of money for the one-off Victor and completely worth it having spent we spent two days driving it around Silverstone and it's honestly one of the coolest ones one-offs I've ever seen but it was developed properly and it was a, yeah, a proper race car and like you say, naturally aspirated V12 with a manual gearbox, super fun, 
crazy experience, the rawest thing that you could see, look at, and be part of. So then we come to the Valor. Yeah. I mean, do you know he, he pronounced it val Valor, but it's Valor, as in bravery, Valor, right? Not like your jacket Not that you're valeur. wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my blue Valor jumpsuit that I'm in. Um, no, and it, yeah, so they've, they've realised there was a lot of interest in the Victor. It was tapping into that analogue, that thirst for analogue that we've all got as the world goes digital and electric. And Aston Martin said, hang on a minute, there's some money to be made here. We could make uh, a, a run of these and, um, and sell them a bit, uh, a bit wider. They, they approached the owner who commissioned the Victor. He said, great. He actually bought one of these as Yeah, well. you'd be annoyed if you had that great idea and you spent four million quid and go, ah, I think we should give that to a few more people. I wonder whether they gave him a little bit of cash back on his Victor bill. Exactly. Yeah. Well, after you drove it, probably, yeah. <laughs> a bit of clutch slip. Um, oh, that's the Red Arrows, everybody. That's the, the, the RAS famous display team that's gone overhead. Um, so, so this time around, yeah, they, they're, they're making 110 of them because it's Aston Martin's 110th anniversary. Um, and the idea is that this car is a tribute to that car and the same era. Um, but it's based on the DBS chassis, so the bonded aluminium chassis, not the carbon fibre tub from the 177. And you've got a 5.2 litre twin turbo V12 in the front with what just over 700 horsepower yeah um and then they've draped this this sort of brutal bodywork over the top but you were just saying not maybe not as successful as the no victor. because with the victor you don't have the same parameters to work on this has to be obviously road legal and parcel test state it does look the proportions aren't quite the same and you know once you've seen one thing and the inspiration for it it's never going to quite match up but it does look very cool it is that old school v8 brute like yeah. brute that you aston martin you know haven't had for a long time and then with the success of the db12 and the new super Taurus that they're trying to do uh, this is something completely different and let's just remember it's a 700 horsepower uh, V12 with a manual gearbox. Yeah, Six-speed manual gearbox, not the one in the, in the old uh, V12 Vantage with the seven-speed where you could easily, the dogleg one, you could blow up the engine if you weren't really thinking by shoving it into reverse. Yeah. But, uh, I was yeah. going to say, we live in interesting times, really, because part of me wants to go, well, it doesn't look quite as brutal as the Victor. The lines are a bit softer there's almost a slightly cynical way that they've gone oh there's interest in this let's trot out 110 of them at a million quid each and and make a load of cash so you know you can you can see it from a cynical point of view but then you just go come on everything's going electric if if we're sitting here complaining about aston martin trotting out 700 horsepower manual rear wheel drive tribute to 70s le mans racers um, then I think there's something wrong with us. It's a massively exciting car. It's really cool. It's a hell of a start to the Goodwood Festival of Speed. And my phone is buzzing in my pocket, Rowan. Do you know what that means? We're late for our... We're late to sign on. We've got a, um, we've got a passenger ride up the hill. We're not going to tell you what it is yet. You're going to have to wait. Um, but we need to run across and get signed on because anytime you do anything on the track at Goodwood, it takes bloody ages. It takes ages to get in. Actually, we're only late because Aston Martin were late. There's so much traffic around to get in. The designer didn't even make it to his <laughs> to his own unveil. So they pulled in the sub. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the Valor will drive it next year, I think. Sometime. Yeah, beginning of next year. Can't yeah. wait. Can't, Can't wait. wait. Looks it's mega. Be fantastic. Yeah, Aston Martin on absolute roll. So let's keep rolling. We need to keep rolling. Off to the paddock. Right. In a bit. Okay, so we can officially put you out of your misery. We are going for a passenger ride in, I hope I pronounced this right, the Alpine A290B or 290 Beta. 
and we are literally on the start line now for what may well be Rowan the world's first tandem passenger ride up the hill because it's a three-seater yeah we, we don't car. actually know if we're allowed to do this we did just get looked at there's a lady with a union jack stetson oh we're getting told oh, off we're getting right told off there's something that oh oh what were you doing wrong right i don't know she's uh, i've got the recorder in my hand she's shouting she me so we delayed now. it and we're up to the start line so yeah. this this is a concept car this is the alpine electric this is the future of the hot hatch. Oh, we're wheel spinning <laughs> down past the start line. Yeah. Up to turn one. Oh, he's not hanging about. All right. So this is a priceless one-off concept car. And our driver, David. So he's one of the development drivers for Alpine and clearly a bit handy. Oh, we're going sideways through all the corners. Oh, dab of Oppo opposite the house. No idea whether you can hear us because we've got our microphones stuffed. Up, um, up the bottom of our helmets. Well, and we're up to Malcolm. This is where everyone crashes. David, please don't crash. <laughs> we haven't crashed. We're good. We're going up to with the flint wall now. Um, Jack, how much power has this got? We don't know yet, do we? We don't know how much power this has got because it's a concept. They're not telling us, but it drives properly. This thing has been set up to actually, and you can feel it. There's no roll in this thing. It is pretty damn quick. Um, I'm going to use the accelerometer in my bottom and say it's got 352 horsepower. What, what do you reckon, Ron? I think just a bit less than that, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's pretty rapid. How cool is this being three up uh, for a run? And we just crossed the finish line there. Well done, David. We didn't crash. That's fantastic. Great news. So no, we should talk a bit more about this car, shouldn't we? Um, there's lots of jazzy lights going on, is this? So we've got our, our, our French racing driver. We don't actually know what he does. He could be a work experience kid. I'm not sure. But uh, he's sat uh, just, just in the middle of the cockpit with Jack and I flanked to us. We've got a full roll cage. We've got lots of blue lighting. And it's quite spaceshipy in here, isn't it? Uh, with uh, three bucket seats uh, where it's a very short, stocky um, uh, shape, which is the next Renault 5, which we're very much looking forward to. Uh, so what do you think, Jack? Well, uh, I couldn't hear a word you're saying, Rowan. Combination of the, um, the motors whining away, us having our helmets on. I could hear you saying very interesting mumbly stuff under your helmet, which I'm sure came through clearly on the mic. But um, yeah, that was, that was exhilarating. I mean, basically what you're looking to do is not crash in front of the crowds. Um, and you did a fantastic job, David. There was wheel spin on the start line. There was definitely a little bit of sideways. Um, there was genuine commitment past the wall. Um, so look. But there's also, this being a concept car, no air conditioning. So it's very, very hot in here. <laughs> and we've got helmets on. But we're part of the first glance um, batch of cars that go up the hill. So we should pop out because basically this is where all the latest and greatest is where topgear.com's news section is living and breathing right now so we should just hop out and see if we can uh, just swan around and see what we can see yeah yeah so this is a this is an important part of the goodwood run up the hill experience that you basically run up to the top and there's a holding paddock at the top of the goodwood hill and you have to wait until all the cars have come up the hill obviously before we can go back down slowly but it does give you a nice little opportunity to look around at um, the other people and the other cars so we're going to do that let's hop out cut here and we'll join you on the outside Round the outside. Right, let's go. <laughs> okay, so we've managed to exit the Alpine A290B with some dignity intact. Beater, better, be better. Beater, better. 
I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, <laughs> Make your own mind up. Um, and we could have, we'll have a little walk down the cars that are all parked up at the top of the hill. Now. This, this one at the front, this is the MG Cyberster. So this is still very much a concept, but they are going to make this car. It's going to be an electric rear-wheel drive sports car. Another two-seater sports car from MG. You into it, Ro? Well, yes. Well, it's, it's just showing some intent, isn't it? And also... China is arriving big time in the oh, yeah. car market. And also, it's leading the procession here up, uh, so it's a big statement. I don't know how the MG Cyberster got the nod over all this metal, because over here next to it, we've got a Lamborghini Revuelto, which I'm not sure whether it's broken down or whether it's just waiting for uh, another section of the parade, but it seems to be off to one side. There is a laptop uh, on the dash and being, being uh, bits being We have in. a laptop, we have a laptop alert with the Revuelto. I'm sure everything will be fine. But just check that out, look, you can see it's V12 exposed out the back of it. Uh, this is the first time I've actually seen the um, the rear spoiler in its uh, upper position because it, when it's down, it sits flush with the bodywork. Bit more shape to that rear end. Oh, perfect! And then, you know, it's a, a contemporary of sorts, not the <laughs> Bentley Blower continuation, fresh from Le Mans Classic, where it was competing. I actually drove this last year uh, in Monterey when I was at Car Week. I had the man standing next to it, Mike Sayer, so he's um, head of communications for Bentley, but also sort of looks after the historic fleet and taught me how to drive this continuation Bentley blower. When we say continuation, what we mean is it's an old car. Everything is built to the old drawings and the old specifications, but it's brand new. Um, and they sold a handful of these for a million, million and a half quid. But I've never driven something so slowly there was so much fun. Double D clutching on the way down. Oh, it's a, it's a brand car. new old car. It's a brand new old car. Uh, and then behind that, we've got a DBX 707. There's an Alpine. Is that the Endstone edition? Yeah. Uh, There's a Bentley claiming to be powered by renewable fuel. I mean, you know, you could just you could put stickers on anything these days, can't you? Well, actually, and then we've just arrived back at our Beta Beta. Um, what do you think of the outside? Because all these EVs are getting a bit bigger, aren't they? Even as a hatchback. Look, I think this looks fantastic. This was on the cover of Top Gear magazine, Rowan. Is there is there any higher acclaim in the world? But the the, the reason we put it there is this could point away for the the future of the hot hatch. We're all going electric. Do electric hot hatches make sense? Look, time will tell. But this thing looks fantastic. There's little whiffs of the um, R5 turbo from the 80s in its kind of big rear arches and in matte white it's quite stig like isn't it the way it looks and it's got just lovely nods to the past stig's company car exactly exactly and uh actually no we've got um our chauffeur who took us up the hill david we just want to get a quick uh quick word with him how how did you find that run you didn't kill us we're very thankful yeah how was it to drive uh, it's beautiful drive it's amazing because uh, I am a little reserved because uh, I don't know uh, the, the hill. But it's it's amazing car. It's the powerful. It's amazing. The braking also. The, the car is very uh, agile. I feel a bit bad for telling you that the first corner was a left when I know it was a right, but I was just seeing whether you were listening to me or not. And oh, was that with the oversteer moment when he was correcting your directions? Yeah, exactly, possibly. Ah. But there's already been one. We're 40 minutes behind. We're late again, dear listener, uh, because there was another crash on the hill. So, uh, yeah, it does catch people out this place. So this thing's called the, the Hi-Fi or the Hi-Fi, if you are H-I-P-H-I, which is uh, another Chinese car um, that's entering the market. Um, it's about... Um, it's about 100 grand. It sort of looks like a kind of mad luxury four-door GT 
shooting brake crossed it's with an SUV. It's got every bit of design <laughs> that you could throw at a car thrown at it. And All the design. There's a bit of GTR um, uh, kind of uh, light um, design to it too, but I am just a bit thrown away. But it also looks like it's been stuck in a crusher at the back too. Yeah. Um, I'm getting the sense from this car that the Chinese, when it comes to design, more is more. Just get get all the elements on there, different colours, contrasting. By the way, for this section of the pod, I would recommend getting the TopGear.com homepage up because as we're mentioning all these bizarre, weird and wonderful new cars, you can be looking at pictures of them rather than just listening to our voices. Um, over here, we've got an Ineos Grenadier um, running on hydrogen fuel cell, apparently. It's the future, yeah, that's uh, Jim Ratcliffe's Defender rival, uh, yes. which is very analogue, very old school. Um, and we've got to have a look up here, look. So, again, don't think it's part of this parade. It must be part of the um, the supercar parade, which which goes uh, a bit later. Oh, but this is the McLaren, the McLaren Solus GT. I haven't seen it. I've only seen it in the black and white wraps. But now we've got it in a very colourful sunburst kind of livery with a, a black... Um, uh, black canopy and it's a proper fighter jet canopy exactly it? again if you haven't seen this go and look at some pictures because this is the latest um kind of ultimate series mclaren which uses a race derived naturally aspirated v10 it's a single seater and what rome was describing there oh, is awesome sorry. it was stopped because there is a hyundai in the bushes the yes. rn22e um the the, the well-known drift uh car for hyundai has Fallen off the so market, we're just watching. Oh, he's gone four bells deep, Whoa. five bells deep. So this is... That's a lot of shredded wheat. The Hyundai. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody's going to have a very sticky phone call a little bit later on today. That was a big one because we've seen a lot of cars going. I mean, if you're going to come off on the hill, it's that corner, isn't it? It is. I think, well, there's lots of places to fall off, but that is uh, one where you are going to go. But um, I think that's going to... <laughs> have us stuck up here for I think we're going to be up here for the next couple of days based on the severity of that crash but just to just to give people that is a one-off concept car when they revealed the um Envision the Hyundai Envision 74 they also revealed this which is kind of a thinly veiled Ionic 6N it's like a faster Ionic 6. Is that hydrogen 2 though as well, that one? No, I don't think so. I think it's pure electric. Right. This one's pure electric, whereas you're right, the, the Envision 74 ran on hydrogen. But what I'm the point I'm making is there'll only be one of those in the world. Yeah. That's not like... It's going in a few bits. It's going in a few bits. But that's, it shows us real jeopardy here. So, and, and if you are to come to the uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed, you will see everything because you, you haven't seen an, uh, uh, that Hyundai do that before. No. But you will see it here. Anyway, so, back to the McLaren. Back to the McLaren. So as Rome was describing, this canopy, the whole lid of the car lifts up and slides forward, which actually, getting into it doesn't look particularly difficult when you got that thing forward. That is a hell of a flex. That is very, very good for the Sainsbury's car park, isn't it? Because mm. you get in, you don't have to open door either side. You literally just slide it forward yeah. and um, Just drop your in. shopping in. That thing does look mega. It doesn't look very McLaren-y, does it? But... Uh, not that it's a good or bad thing. <laughs> it just looks completely its own beast. But yeah. It also looks very, very fast. But in this new mad world of F1-derived road cars and sports cars with the Valkyrie and the um, AMG One, uh, it, you know, madness is just the, the aim of the game, it feels like. I mean, like. there was a time when a car like that, a McLaren Solus One, was it called? Solus GT, sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would bring this entire show to a standstill, but are we getting a bit desensitized to mega money 
bonkers stuff. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying there's a lot of it around these days, isn't there? There is. Well, to bring you back down to earth, here is the Genesis GV60. Um, I can't tell you too much of this space, the uh, uh, Ionic 5. This one has facial recognition, though, to open the doors. Okay, right, let's try it. Stick your face next to that, right? If this opens the door... No, you're on too many lists to open that door, sorry. <laughs> and then finally, just while we Ooh. wait for uh, um, the recovery truck to take that um, Hyundai from the bushes, we have the new Mustang Dark Horse. Yes. So this is the slightly, uh, well, this is the new version of the Mustang. We haven't driven it yet. It's, um, we will do very soon, actually. And this is the Dark Horse. So this is the up, uprated suspension. Um, slightly more, more track, the track focused, Slightly isn't it? more track focused, yeah. Uh, short, looks short good. Stuff. Yeah, it does look very, gets a, very good. Gets, a, gets an angrier looking horse on its badge. Or sort oh. of demonic looking horse. Yeah, a demonic Stang. And then yeah. just in front of that, the last car we've got up here is the new M3 CS, uh, which is the... Um, you know, very heavily related to the CSL. Yeah. It's dropped a letter. It's gained two more driven wheels, um, 115 grand, and it's got the stripes on the front. Feel, and straight away, it feels like the uh, sweet spot of the range, doesn't it? Yeah. I've heard good things, haven't driven it. No, it's got the stripes on the front. It's a bit bit yeah. too much. And then next up, the future BMW, the i5. We're uh, running an i4 on the long-term fleet. Absolutely love we're it. We're sharing it. Yeah, we are. Um, but no, right, so we're going to have to, this is the beauty of Goodwood, we don't actually know what's going to happen now, but we could be stranded up here for a while, so if anyone's got any snacks, um, <laughs> please, please bring them up. You might have to airlift them in, because the road in and out seems to be closed for a massive accident, um, so just, yeah, airlift us, you know, burger and chips would be great. Yeah, it'd be great. Right, uh, so we'll see what we do here, and then we'll, um, yeah, should we go look at some more cars? Oh, what? should we look at the Porsche sculpture on the way back? Let's have a look. Yeah, all right. See you guys in a bit. Cars on sticks. Okay, so many hours uh, after what was probably a bigger crash than we first realised, um, we've made it down the hill. There was a big weight at the top there where we were sitting on hay, hay bales, scratching our heads, but we've made it back down um, to that's, ground level. That is a part of, if you, you sign yourself up for it, I know we're in a very lucky position for a Goodwood uh, car hill climb, but, you know, it's two minutes you know, it depends how quickly you're going, but let's say top three minutes to go up. That took us two hours to get back down again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that Hyundai is going to be in many pieces. But we have come down to, well, the internet's most exciting part of it, the exactly. supercar paddock. I like to think of it as, um, up until this point, Rowan, we've merely been nibbling at the crusts of this podcast. Now we're getting to the meaty filling because this is the supercar paddock. Um, and there's literally, my eyes are on stalks, there's everything that we kind of drool over uh, on our screens in the office is here in real no, life. No, it's the real life Forza garage where you can select any make and manufacturer and their most yeah. expensive cars and they're all here. Just looking at us now, we've got a Koenigsegg Yesco to the left of us, a G3 RS to the right and yeah. then... So Koenigsegg Yesco attack. So that's the high downforce one with the big wing on the back. Um, when we drove the Yesco in Sweden, that was an absolute, which is the slightly more streamlined um, higher top speed version, but I've never seen it in that blue. And then there's a bright green GT3 RS over here, which is being polished up. No, but um, also if you were, if you were, if the Yesco is not of your liking, obviously there's a Regera next to it as well. Yeah. Basically, the single speed absolute monster hybrid. You know, the megawatts monster basically. Um, 
it's starting to look a bit dated, isn't it? When you it see, is. Look at it. I, do you know, the Regera for me never really did it. Um, I, I've only, I've never driven it. I took a passenger ride once. It's got this very clever gearbox. It's basically the fanciest CVT gearbox in the world. It, it has one ratio. You put your foot down, and it and it adjusts as you're going along. And for me, it took took away from the whole drama of changing gears. In the Yesco, it's this uh, nine-speed gearbox and oh it's brutal the gear shift completely adds to the experience but also um, like you know these cones are 1500 horsepower this regera is is it still the 0 to 400 to 0 no, record it, it car it took it back again recently it took it back again from the from the chiron i believe 28 seconds 28.8 i think it is yeah. um but also what's hilarious is that you expect those numbers off some race car it's got turned gold on it so uh yeah it's jazzy at the same time there is money there is money in this vicinity. Car over there, the uh, 17, uh, sorry, the Porsche 17 Spider RS. 718 Obviously, Spider. 718. Right. So what does that call it? The 17, I think. <laughs> the 17 Dear listener, we are, we're quite dehydrated and low blood sugar because <laughs> we are yet to have lunch even though it's Anyway, the, the, the GT4 RS without a roof, although it does have a roof, just a sort of funny... Um, I'm off to Germany to drive that next week. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, good day in the office. Yeah, that's going to be quite good fun, actually. I'm wondering whether, you know, the GT4 RS is signature was the amount of noise that those intakes made but you're gonna have wind whistling past your ear is it still gonna sound good is it gonna sound better is it gonna be a more interesting experience without a roof i don't know well we'll find out next week and then yeah. you'll be able to write about it we'll be on top of the and then behind that we've got a uh, mantai gt4 rs so mantai being the well was once the uh the, the motorsport cousin of porsche now bought in-house doing upgradey fast downforce parts for it, it looks very spectacular speaking in of um downforce parts yeah Ryan, so uh we're now strolling past the the singer gazebo let's call it the gazebo um and this is the dlst hold on a second what? just to keep the lawyers happy we have to read oh, yeah, right. the name card above this so okay, this is it. the 1919 porsche 911 reimagined by singer dynamics and lightweight study turbo there i think that is a legally approved I think that's phrase good, and we can just clip that and loop it um whenever whenever else we mention the car wrong but this is singer's latest and greatest car and probably the wildest one it's yeah. an homage to the 1977 9345, one of my favourite cars ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what we have here is a massively bewinged uh, Porsche 911, 700 horsepower, turbocharged, uh, yeah. four litre here. 3.8. Oh, it's gone down. Yes, it has. It's gone down. Twin turbo, 700 horsepower. But what's well, obviously, what's mad about this car is the bodywork. It's a full-on cartoon spec. We're standing here, and the rear arches must, the rear wheels rather, must be half a foot outside the front tires look what's at, even matter is like it's basically like inboard brakes when you get up to them they're yeah. absolutely huge and and what, what we discovered earlier because um there's, there's a gold car we're looking at now but there's also an orange car on property um and literally you can have it with a ducktail spoiler or this huge loop spoiler at the back and a more subtle front spoiler or um the the more aggressive lip spoiler and they're interchangeable and they come in these like completely over the top singer flight cases um, so you can literally you know check in for your holiday abroad stick your DLST yeah, yeah. on a plane it stick, will be stick your uh, wing on the quite significant excess baggage but it, no they are beautiful flight cases obviously Rob Dickerson the founder of Singer has uh, he, he has this past in rock and roll so they do look like the Who's flight cases <laughs> like moving a drum set around but it's just full of uh, basically more downforce which you yeah. take on holiday with you yeah. um, lots of people saying this car's jumping the shark or, you know Singer's used to be 
elegant and um, you know if you knew you knew but it was really just a, a sort of perfecting the 964 shape and now they've just gone sod it and, and, and gone f full Looney Tunes with it um, I have to say I quite like full Looney Tunes. But it, Come oh, at me. Yeah, and it's got gorgeous gold turbo fan wheels on it, which are absolutely sensational. Now, the, the, some of the cars are starting to drive out, so be afraid if you hear a V12 of a Ferrari FXX K startup. If fire up, we're going um, to jump out of our skin because it's the 812 Competizione sitting next to the Daytona SP3, both naturally aspirated V12s. But what, very nice. what has just driven past is the Ferrari KC23. So this is one of the uh, bespoke special, you know... Um, what do they call it? It's the, it's the one-off programme, isn't it? It's the, if you've got really, 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 really deep pockets, you give Ferrari a call and say, right, I want a car made especially for me. But they used to be SPs, didn't they? So I don't know, special projects. So I don't well, know. this is the SP3, because they, they, they've made a few of those. So maybe this is... Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. Our brain is failing us now. But no, it, it, that's based on uh, the race car, isn't it? Yes. So it's a 488 GT3 Evo. And then they've just slapped this quite gorgeous kind of futuristic body, body on top of it. It's basically a race car in a smart suit that probably costs someone many millions of quids. It's got a beautiful svelte shut line too on the way that the doors come up. Uh, and then we're walking past the sausage and egg bap. Um, <laughs> Uh, booth. We'll do a section on that later. Yeah, yeah, the full food um, review is coming soon. Right, now we're coming down into uh, Maserati's Aston Martins. Oh, the new DB12, so the Super Tour from Aston. Obviously, yep. we saw uh, their latest car, and this is the one that they need to, um, they need to sell. They need yeah. to sell quite a lot of these. Yeah, 110 valors, but this is the one they need to sell thousands of. But this, yeah, this Lawrence Stroll's uh, money is pumping that one. Good noises though, because Ollie Marriage drove it, said he's the best Aston GT's ever driven, and Lord, it needs to be. We're now in McLaren land. We're going past a silver 12C. Doesn't that look quite dated, but in a quite a cool way now? Yeah, um, it's, it's almost reaching kind of retro status, which is bizarre because it's what 12 years old. Yeah, not very long, is it? And next to it, a P1, Fantastic. which isn't looking old at all now. Now and then a Senna, which is still looking odd. Uh, and then we've got a selection of... <laughs> a trio of Valks. What's the collective noun for Valkyries? I don't know, but what's your favourite flavour of Valkyrie? Because we do have the Coupe, the Spider, and the AMR Pro here to choose from. All in that, uh, the, the Aston Green with the slightly daring highlighter um, yellow um, accents Well, my on it. instinct would be to go for the Coupe. Just because that is the kind of, the purest flavour of Valkyrie. But actually, if you watch Chris Harris's video, on YouTube when they drove the Valkyrie in Bahrain and Ollie Marriage drove it on the road. What they actually said was the road car is kind of compromised. It's basically trying to be a track car that has then been compromised for the road. Whereas the AMR Pro has just been let fly. And it's there's no hybrid, it's just a pure naturally aspirated V12. It's a completely different wheelbase, it's a different monster. And on track, it's way better. And actually, by the sounds of it, track is where you want to drive your Valkyrie you, you're not going to drive it on the road but also you want to take the roof off occasionally to oh, here listen we go. to that V12 don't you here we go. yeah so your adoring fans can see you bro no no not that, that not that but look at the different ride heights they're all running too because the coupe has got another splitter to it that's not going to get over any speed it's all driving on the grass here to get to the track uh, so that may munch or, or, or you're cut. right the spider's got a good decent bit of clearance there maybe it is here for a bit of lawn mowing uh, potential <laughs> Anyway, we must move on because past an Elva. Um, Driven that. Yeah, this one has a windscreen on it, so uh, 
fairly pointless. Uh, and then past the DBS 707 Ultimate. Um, and There's then quite a few new Aston Martin GTs at the moment, I'll be honest. If you're confused, um, I don't blame you. Are you confused when you look at this? We are Bro. looking at a bright blue, kind of electric blue McLaren 750S, uh, which looks exactly like a 720S. I was going to say, to be honest, if that rolled towards us, would you go, oh, look, Jack, it's a 750, or would you turn turn the other way going, oh, it's another 720? I've seen those. Uh, it depends how quickly I look, because I'm a bit of a nerd. I probably would tell on, the then. difference, what, what but I don't think my mum would. What's the, uh, how do I, what's the spotter's guide to a 750S over a seven? Well, we now have more of a body colour bumper and slightly uh, resurfaced at the front. That's about it. Somebody's read the press release. I didn't have the, I used my eyes. I There's also eyes. a badge on the side that says 750, but... You know, but anyway, if, it's the, if the 720's anything to go by, uh, it's the supercar that really is usable every day, and the technology and uh, comfort that it comes with it is pretty remarkable, and it's quick as hell too. Yeah. So, the Lamborghini... These are gazebos, aren't they? I, I feel like I'm... All the cars are under these kind of pointy tents all the supercars normally they'd be sat on shiny podiums spinning around in glossy showrooms in uh, capital cities around the world but here not in goodwood it's still got a little bit of grit and grot to it which is what we like yeah it kind of looks a bit like a food festival but it's just got supercars <laughs> where they use normally are canapes and um and steak tartars but here we have an amg1 finished in matte black currently in strat 2 mode or race mode, I don't know. Is it, Can you put it in Strat 2? The, the if you can tell the mode based on just looking at the car sitting there statically, I'll be impressed. It's got its front arch flaps up, yeah. which to me suggests Strat 2. Yeah, well, and... Full and attack. The, oh, and the wing's up as well. You might be right. And the, the ride height... Well, I mean, it's appears pretty Remember low, that bit it? in Jurassic Park where... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Where he gets scared by the, the dinosaur. I don't know my dinosaurs. Yeah. And comes in like... Flaps and it spits up. at them. Yeah, that's basically what this AMG one looks you like. You know I read the other day. Uh, there is no such dinosaur. You know the sort of neck frill that sticks out. Yeah. Yeah, they made that up. That was Steven Spielberg going. We need this dinosaur to look a bit scarier. So he well, well, it was inspired because Mercedes Aerodynamic Department looked at that and thought, oh, that'd be great on the front fenders to release the air pressure in the front arches of the AMG one. So they looked at that. Gordon Murray. I've heard of him. T50. Yeah. Um, now, we're the only ones that have actually had a passenger ride in this. Yes, Again, Gordon, you're a bit of a three-seat expert currently, aren't you? I, I, only, I only go in three-seaters. This is my um, 2023 resolution. No, it's because you're scared, uh, aren't you? You need a little yeah, someone to hold your hand when you're driving. No, so, Ollie, Marriage and I went for a for ride in this with um, Dario Franchitti driving, and we went up and down the runway at, uh, at Dunsfold and top your test track. That was just a very casual name drop of a three-time IndyCar winner. Yeah. No, he was on that particular day. He was our chauffeur. Ah, he was our chauffeur. He was um, very well behaved, drove very smoothly. Apart from when we told him to gun it, and this engine um, hit twelve thousand RPM. Oh, and then you had to change gear manually to the next one. Yeah, and I was still it, it, it burned into my brain about that day. It's not just the twelve thousand RPM sound. It's Gordon Murray standing by the side of the track with his phone out, filming the car like he's, you know, a punter at Goodwood Festival of Speed. It was brilliant. Well, and we get to drive that soon, I think. But if you haven't seen that uh, video, go on to talkyou.com or no, go on to the YouTube channel now, or talkyou.com, yeah. and just put your headphones in and, and, and divulge. Now, there is something wearing what looks like a Nacho Libre Mexican mask <laughs> on its front, which is like acid green and kind of salmon-y pink paintwork. 
which what you're looking at is a new story my friend this is the, the 2023 mercedes amg gt so this is the brand new all new amg gt and they've stuck yeah a wrap on it to lightly disguise it i mean they haven't done a very good job you now can, you can set some toddlers at work and they'll peel all this off and yeah. then we'll all see what it looks like when it goes um, up the hill but this car is basically sort of sister car to the SL now, isn't it? So the SL is a full AMG model. This is an SL with a hard top, let's be honest. And the SL's had a bit of a tough time. It has, you know, but then the an SL, because it's a convertible, it needs that more relaxed, slightly softer GT character. I think this will get away with it a bit more because it's got the, the hard top and I don't know, maybe we'll forgive it because it's got more of a supercar kind of personality. Uh, right, moving on, another P1. This one has been Scout. It's Lanzante's P1 it, Spider. I did give it a double take and go, did McLaren do a P1 Spider and I missed it? And then you went, no, it's Lanzante. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Someone decided to chop the roof off. And then next there is their awesome, if you're a Porsche fan, the 930 Tag Turbo. Oh, F1 engine in the back of a 911. Why yes, haven't please. we driven that? Uh, good question. I think the last three Goodwoods I've seen that car and gone, uh, must give them a call and get a go in that car. Um, this thing over here. That is the new Pininfarina Batista Special Edition. Yes, so Pininfarina, um, you might remember when they first revealed the Batista, that is their pure electric hypercar. It's based on the same underpinnings as the Rimac's Nevera, um, 1,900 horsepower, uh, four-wheel drive, ridiculously quick, one of the quickest cars in the world. They did a, um, <laughs> they did a, uh, what was it called? An Anniversario Edition. Yes, when they first launched the car. Those got snapped up within seconds. So they've gone, hang on, let's do that again. We'll make a special edition, five of them, called the Nino Farina edition. Now, do you know who Nino Farina is, Ro? I think he dropped the pizza off to me the other day on Deliveroo. <laughs> other other, uh, other, other food that's services his, um, available. Yeah, yeah, that's his grandson, I think. But um, the original Nino. No, I don't know who the original Nino is. He, was the, uh, he won the first F1 World Championship. Oh. in 1950 he's the nephew of um pinin farina uh and yeah he was a bit of a handy racing driver apparently so they said yes yes let's plunder that heritage um but it, it does look rather nice it does look rather nice and it's finished in red with a uh, white stripe and uh, decals down it with gold wheels yeah um the the batista we drove was clear carbon yeah that what? was a while ago so we drove in miami it was still pre-production at that time and the thing I always remember about that drive is we sort of lined it up on the back straight and said, right, come on, film this, we're going to gun it. Gunned it, lost all the air in my lungs, and then realised I was actually in mode two out of three, and there was another 500 horsepower that I hadn't deployed. Terrifying. And it's Nemesis, the, uh, the Rimac Nevera. It's currently absent. It's meant to be here. That's Couldn't, take the, heat. Couldn't uh, take the heat from the, from the Italian over there in a new suit. Well, <laughs> I don't know. They're feeling pretty good. They're... Their, their chest is puffed out, old Rimac, because Rimats, as you meant to say. Yeah. They've been on a record-breaking mission, haven't they? Yeah. Um, they've written all the um, speed records that they've broken recently on the back of their stand. Um, 0-60, 1.74 seconds. That's sickening. Lit quite literally. Um, what numbers, I suppose, 0-250 to miles an hour in 21.8 seconds. That's is, pretty impressive too, and 60 impressive. to 130 in two, well, under three seconds, 2.99 yeah. seconds. Yeah, it's, it's all good. You're, you're, the theme here is speed. I think it's fast, yeah, yeah, I think it's fast. Speaking of which, go on, what's this? This is Bugatti Belide. This is cool Bolide. as hell. This is cool. This is basically Bugatti going, 
Now, this W16 quad turbo engine, it's sort of living on borrowed time um, with emissions and regulations and eventually they're gonna have to get rid of it. But what if they did a Chiron based variant and just took as much weight out as possible and made it a track only car? And it looks so good. Which initially you wouldn't suspect because, uh, depending on how old you are, mm. uh, Bugatti's either Type 35s or it's Veyrons, mm. which is then can also be criticised by some as being a bit soulless and a bit of a VW Golf that goes very fast. Yeah. You know, full out track attack Bugatti with that engine in it and I can't tell you the beauty of this carbon fibre bodywork. Uh, it looks sinister as hell um, and you know when they actually dial it in I th it did a lap round Le Mans with Andy Wallace recently. Yeah. So this is the prototype. When we get onto it yeah, it'll be mega. They've, they've got this flying around the world testing it. I think customers will probably start getting their cars yeah I'd say end of this year but probably beginning of next but I can't believe they went through with it. Great idea and they've actually stuck to it everyone's finally just going mm, i do think the end may be nigh in some yeah. way Last so uh, knockings of internal combustion so i uh yeah so we we need to we need to go all out so that's great from bugatti and um yeah god knows how fast it'll be around a lap <laughs> right pagani across the way i haven't seen this yet so this is the utopia this is the new one this is the liberace edition isn't it liberace this is the one where um ollie marriage went on the launch and horatio pagani appeared at the reveal event um, in a hidden hidden floor in the stage he rose up onto stage playing the piano it sounds like a fever dream or like something from lady gaga's um set but no that's exactly what happened yeah and it's the familiar uh, pagani uh design traits and over the topness that we all love yeah. and enjoy um put into a slightly more unique body work all carbon fiber um, Have you seen this before? I haven't seen it before. What do you think? It's got a bit of a ghoulish nature to it. It's got <laughs> like all the, the headlights kind of look like emoji ghosts yeah. and stuff. Um, but just think, look, look what happened to the Zonda. The, the, the Zonda R, you know, that only appeared last year, 18 months ago. Um, you know, this has got many years of evolution. There's going to be an absolutely insane track version of this in a few years' time. But I just like seeing the Pagani details. So, oh, look at that. You can see, um, so you've got a basically amazing carbon aero wheels. And then just in front of that, you have a belt, a leather belt to then strap down the front clamshell where normally a canard would be if you were having a race car. But no, it's like, no, let's put a leather strap there you instead. You just know that is the finest Italian leather. Do you think anyone will notice if you get down there and give it a sniff? Uh, I'm not going to do that right here. There's a lady <laughs> blowing a whistle at me, and I'm not really sure. <laughs> let's get, We've gone let's to get a rave. that lady before we, um, before we get trapped in here and head on down. We're being kettled. We're being kettled. Oh, okay. Th there's a Valkyrie AMR Pro coming. Valkyries. Do you know, it's amazing. When you've got a couple of microphones, people just let you walk wherever you want. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else was being told to get out of the way, and we... Um, because we're chatting utter rubbish into a couple of microphones. We just look the we other got way. To walk through. <laughs> so yeah, you may hear some some angry engines coming up, but we're walking past um, the biggest stands on the supercar paddock. I remember when the supercar paddock used to just be, um, uh, you know, lower lower grade gazebos in the corner, and there'd always be uh, supercars you never really heard of. Now it's turned into a motor show. If you've got um, raving house music and giant superstructures to display your cars on, this really is turning into more of a modern motor show, isn't it? 
Yes, absolutely. And also, these, these, what was these niche manufacturers? They've now got bucks, big bucks. Oh, look at this, bro. So we just walked past Bentley's stand. They've got the blower and the new continuation Speed 6. And this is McMurtry's stand. They've got a stand now. I remember when they were under a, a pop-up tent, basically. <laughs> at, um, Left over from Glastonbury. our uh, Speed Week, Performance Car of the Year, like uh, two, two years not ago. Not even that, yeah, ago. not even before, yeah, before that. Um, uh, and no one took oh, them Oh, we seriously. knew them before they were famous, Yes, right? exactly, the indie bands. Now, obviously, if you've been living under a rock, um, last year, um, the McMurtry Spearling went up the hill uh, and shattered the, the, the hill climb record. It is... The most amazing car it's absolutely tiny it's narrow it's electric it's got a thousand horsepower it weighs a thousand kilograms but its party trick is the fact that it's got a fan underneath so it suckers itself down onto the road so even at zero miles an hour you've got loads of downforce and that's two tons secret. two tons yeah um and this car so the story's moved on so this is called i believe the mcmurtry spearling pure and this is the car that people can actually buy so they're going to build them, they're going to make um, a short run of them. I think they're going to be about a million quid once you've paid your tax. Um, which, I mean, in these days, it's not... For performance. For performance, that's a bargain. Um, Some new select tyres, which have been developed, because when we um, spoke to Max Chilton, if you, get, if you go into the feed, you'll be able to uh, hear his thoughts on an exact... Um, dissection of his run here last year i can't believe it was a year ago for oh, so long there's been so much news about mcmurtry um but yeah the the, the, the traction was a bit of an issue mm. and gearing so i'm not sure if it's in the time to run this year i'm not sure if it's allowed to run or not i don't the think shootout, it is, no. I, I think, think it's just it there as display because it's uh um i don't know it'll just wipe the floor again it's kind of ch changed the <laughs> I mean, leads and the boundaries nothing to gain all to lose isn't it if they send it up again because it was so spectacular in my whole time as a journalist i've never seen um, a story cut through. So I got back from the Festival of Speed and my mum was on the phone, did you see that little car that shot up the hill? And I was like, brilliant. It was a story that sort of rocked the car world and beyond. And here they are um, riding that wave and they're actually gonna build some and I'm delighted. And with a little bit of luck, maybe we'll get to drive one soon. Yeah, hopefully. Right, so the cars are lining up. So they've just, they're leaving the supercar paddock now. Um, as you can hear the whine of a Valkyrie go past. Um, and then they're going to go out and do their uh, run. So we'll go out and see those and we'll probably catch up with you. Um, actually, do you want to go look at the structure? I the think sculpture? we need, yeah, we need to see the sculpture, don't we? Because somebody spent a lot of time and effort putting, put, hang on a minute. I uh, know, hold on a second. Oh, no. There's something that was hidden around the corner that we hadn't quite seen. Right, so this, right, we're, we're going to get up on the stage. Oh. Sorry, people. We, we, we said we were going to leave you, and we can't leave you now because we've just stumbled across... More news. More news. A box of news. <laughs> Look at us. We're just a news machine. Um, the Koenigsegg Gamera. So, um, was it last year that we interviewed Christian von Koenigsegg in the prototype Gamera? Yeah, I, I asked him whether he'd ever put his head in a wind tunnel. One of the world's... One of the great, great automotive questions. Scoop of the year. Um, the answer was no, by the way, to save you having to go and find that podcast. He but could anyway. have done it now. He could have done it in the last year. See the C, the CD of Christian von Koenigsegg. So, yeah. So the Gamera, just to recap, this is their um, practical, everyday, four-seater family car. Um, they just opened a factory. They built a brand new factory for this thing in Angleholm in Sweden. Um, and when they opened the factory, they also revealed the production version of the car. That, by the way, is the Gordon Murray T50 peacocking in front of the Koenigsegg stand. Ooh, do you think they got beef? 
That was about 500 revs there. Yeah. Out of yeah. the 12,000. It's, it's got more in the locker. But do you remember what the big news was with this? New engine. Yes. So when they revealed it, um, the prototype, it was a three-cylinder engine. It was called the Tiny Friendly Giant. So three-cylinder engine was 600 horsepower, then a load of electric motors, and it, I think it was 1,800 horsepower in total. You know what they've come out and said now? More. They said more. We want they, more. You could still have the three-cylinder version, but if you like, you can also have a Yesco five-liter V8 in it. And if you have that one with the electric motors, 2,300 horsepower. That's a lot of horsepower. So we can see if we can find the and engine. Let's remember, the back. everybody, this is where you can put four people in it. What's that, Ro? A three-cylinder or a V8? Uh, this has got to be the V8, surely. If they did. Anyway, the it has some lovely luggage in the back. Yeah, matching luggage back here. I remember talking to um, Christian about this. Four bags, um, one for him, one for his wife, and slightly smaller ones for his two children. Okay. You They're know. like um, trunkies. Coding <laughs> yeah, trunkies that you can dig a roll on. Carbon fiber coding sick trunkies. But it does look gorgeous. I, do you know what? I need to compare the prototype next to the production version to see how much it's changed. But come on, as a, as a four-seater car, They've done a job on that one, haven't they? Yeah, finished in, finished in emerald, emerald green with green um, uh, with gold Let, wheels. They've just opened the door so we can have a look inside. Still lost carbon fibre, Swedish flags everywhere. Yeah. And uh, eight cup holders. Very Ro, thir very thirsty people, the Kona's eggs. Ro, could you get in the back there? I could Would do. Would you fit? Yeah, I, we did this last year, remember? We did, I know, but I'm just I'm just asking, you don't have to do it. Oh no, I was Would wondering you if you wanted to, no, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't greased my knees. Um, yeah, uh, yes, I, I will fit in there easily, I think, which is the party trick. Right. Right, there we go. High excitement, and now, as the oh, Bugatti the Belid rumbles past, let's get some mic noise from the back of this. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, Here we go. We're going to chase it like an adoring fan. Come back, Belid. Come back. Oh, look, and Jack, there's the... CC850. Oh, it's all happening. Oh, the Belize just killed the engine. Never mind. Oh, there's our friend Ali, Wall Ali Wallace. Andy Wallace. Can't even speak. Another friend of the podcast, Andy Wallace. Check out the feed for them. Um, but yeah, that's probably enough of the supercars. It's, it's all a, happening. So there's a big V8 said, over there. Yeah, I think I think we need to show them the other side of Goodwood. We've done a lot of new cars, first look, supercar paddock, maybe the old um, Concours lawn. Yeah, um, and and the sculpture, of course. Yeah, let's yeah. go look at some cars parked on grass. Lovely, jubbly. All right, see you in a bit. We're gonna go get sweaty. So, from the utter mayhem that was the supercar paddock, we've headed to a um, a slightly more serene corner of the Festival of Speed. This is the Cartier Style A Lux lawn, like a traditional classic car concourse. And Rowan, did you bring your white gloves? No, I didn't. I'm, concourse was something I'm, I'm, I have a bit of a weird relationship with. I don't actually enjoy cars being parked on grass. But this is, as you're right, this is the more salubrious end of uh, Goodwoods. We're outside the house where there's lovely ivy up the stone walls. And this is where the chinos start changing colours and get a bit more salmon and brightly coloured. And there is obviously a champagne tent for libations as you uh, look at pre-war cars and everything else. The hat ratio has just gone through the roof. Have you got yours on? Uh, I haven't, but it's a podcast. So let's just say yes. And I've got and mine on too. Imagination. Yeah, yeah, mine's actually um, leopard now, print. Now, um, Rowan, a bit of a surprise for you. Um, we are actually going to be judges at this year's Cartier Style and Lux. How do you feel about that? Oh, dear. Yeah, well, we haven't actually been asked. 
Um, or maybe I just missed the email. But we can judge these cars ourselves, can't we? Don't, well, you, uh, I, I mean, think it works like the cleanest one wins, doesn't it? The clean, cleanest and oldest one wins. Yeah, shiniest one. I mean, it's nothing to do with whether they work or not. It's just the most polished piece of chrome. So what have you stopped out here? Well, I've got to be honest that... Um, you know, pre-war cars, not my bag, really. And so this 1938 Bentley 4, um, it looks beautiful. This 1938, but you can't even read a sign on the floor, though. Bentley 4 and a quarter litre overdrive coupe by De Villers. Winner. There'll be one person listening to this podcast. One person who'll know what we're talking about. It's very pretty, but just not really... Our wheelhouse. Should we move? Well, down we've here? got a couple there's... of Ferrari 275s here, so I know what they are, and they're they're all winners as well. I think everything's a winner if it's on this lawn. It should be a winner. This is I... the problem. How do you judge something? Because I've already gone. Well, that's quite nice. That could win. Oh no, that's nicer. And as I walk down here, we see. Well, I see a Porsche 959. That wins. There's a Shupan 962. That wins because any race car that's gone on the road and been converted is a winner for me. So uh, that's eight winners so far. Are we doing this right? Uh, I guess so. That's oh, Brum, isn't it? What's this called? I don't so know. This is a, um, yeah, it looks like sort of chitty, chitty, bang, bang that's been miniaturised, but it's a, a, a one plus one seating arrangement, a bit like the Zinger C21. Just the, the same. Zinger 21C. Actually. I don't think this one's 3D printed. This printer, is a 1913 though. Twombly A type tandem. Well, you've got Google really strong that. wrists from your extracurricular activities, so you can crank handle that one to start. Um, I like stuff with. Oh, a 918. I don't need to crank handle that one to start. Uh, with a grey and green stripe down it. Right. Interesting. We found our bit of the lawn. 356 Speedster. Uh, yeah, 959, as we said. Carrera GT Zagato. Oh, come on. I do believe this car is for sale currently. Well, there is one for sale because it's doing the rounds on the internet. I don't think I've ever seen this. I'm not sure I was aware of this car's existence. And I feel ashamed to say it. Check out that double bubble roof. That's how you know the difference. Oh, hello. Um, we've got some old Bristols here uh, and a McLaren F1 because are you even at Goodwood if you haven't seen 12 McLaren F1s? <laughs> They've uh, usually got multiple F1s here, haven't they? Now, what have we got over here? Oh, we've got an a MC20. Not an MC20, an MC12. MC12. God, Maserati with their rise currently the Enzo uh, the sister to the Enzo uh, so much cooler way cooler way oh, cooler oh it's a Joe Macaroni car and Porsche GT1 oh this is a good end there's some big winners here oh Diablo SV we've got Bugatti uh, EB110 uh, I think this is the winner's corner this is where I feel a bit more comfortable and a bit at home that is the sound if you can hear it behind of um, a yeah, twin turbocharged probably 2JZ engine drift car um, burning lots of tyres under the, the bridge. And this is the magic of the Festival of Speed, isn't it, Rowan? The magic of the event. We've just wandered through pre-war cars to some pretty cool kind of, uh, well, what would you call these? They're not classics. They're beginning to be kind of retro, retro supercars. They're supercar heroes, really, supercar aren't they? heroes. That's a lovely way of putting it. In the background, we've got some mad Japanese tuned drift car. And here comes another one. Well, the sun's come out. People are paying £10 for an ice cream. Um, <laughs> the, you know, this is, this is Britain at its best. Well, by the time you've drunk your third £15 pint, it just... Um, the whole world seems to be a bit rosy, doesn't it? I, I, well, you can't get blasé, but it, you have to come to Goodwood if you've, you, you've never been, because just seeing the eclectic nature of the cars and going from paddock to paddock, 
it's just unreal. It, um, and then having the benefit of seeing them go up the hill too, and potentially crashing, uh, as we've also seen today. Um, well, not potentially crashing, actually crashing too. <laughs> um, um, I think you may have potentially crashed into 18 hay bales. Oh, I think I potentially did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, oh, can like you smell that rubber? It's a bit like when you go to university and there's so many different people there that you can choose your friends. At Goodwood, there's cars for everyone. I mean, even if you're not into cars at all and you just like drinking, then, you know, take a perch at the um, Laurent Perrier stand that we're walking past now. Uh, and it's just hoved into view the sculpture. Why don't you tell people a bit about not just this sculpture, but why is there there's always a sculpture, isn't there? So each year you have a kind of um, headline mark, is that what they call it? Yeah, um, uh, which someone who's normally uh, celebrating a birthday of some sort. But 2023 is a year of many birthdays uh, because A, first of all, it's the 30th anniversary of the Goodwood Festival Speed in itself. 30 years of driving up that drive, that's, that's a long time. Blimey, that's nearly as old as you, Ro. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got 50 years of the WRC, 100 years of Le Mans, 110 years of Aston Martin, 75 years of NASCAR, 75 years of Porsche. Uh, that was really quite impressive drifting going on there. <laughs> 75 years of Lotus, 60 years of McLaren Racing, 30 years of Top Gear magazine. Oh, everyone's having a You've birthday. You've really been on Wikipedia, haven't you? You've yeah. been scouring it. But no, it's Porsche who's taken the headline spot and... Um, I'm not exactly sure when the sculpture became a thing, but outside um, Goodwood House, there is a, uh, you know, artistic display, normally consisting of big bits of metal with cars hanging off them. Yeah. Uh, and this year, Porsche have, have that honor. And we got a, it kind of looks like a, the, 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 the um, I don't know, what does it look like? Well, it's a knotted bit of metal that looks a bit like what the um, yeah, RAF display team, the Red Arrows did earlier. No, three loops of metal and then three spikes. Um, it looks like some sort of medieval weapon. And then there just happens to be some Porsches perched on the end of said spikes. And it's rather yeah, impressive. Got everything. We've got we've gone from a 356 to a 992. I've got above my head, which looks a bit precarious and mad, uh, a 997 Sport Classic. We've got their latest race car, the hybrid race car, the 963. Uh, and then is that a 9622? And something else I can't quite see. But <laughs> as a, a birthday cake of artistic form, it's pretty special. Do they take the engines and running gear out of these? Uh, I don't know, but uh, for some years, yes, for some years, I'm not sure. You've got to think for a health and safety point of view, but it'd be very expensive to do models. I don't know. That's a question we need to ask someone. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, it's a very impressive thing. I hope you've enjoyed our whistle-stop tour. It's been very chaotic. I hope when we piece this together, it makes some sort of sense. I don't think it's going to make any sense, if I'm honest. No, it was a bit of an experiment. There will be some shouting. There will be some cars. Hopefully, if you didn't get a chance to make it down to the Festival of Speed yourself this year, that that gave you a little flavour of what it's like to be here. It's breathless. It's a bit mad. We tried to plan this to bring you a bit of everything, but we almost... We got stuck on the hill for three years. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but also you, if we were doing this properly, we need to be here all weekend. We, we, just as a, um, we're here on the first day, running around like a headless chicken. We could spend about forty hours podcasting around every paddock, um, but we don't have time for that. But however, Top Gear is 
here with a big presence uh, over the weekend, covering stuff on topgear.com. Our colleague, Ollie Marriage, is, um, has the best job in the world this weekend, as he's one of Porsche's designated drivers for he's their... basically becoming a Porsche factory driver for a couple of days. For their anniversary, so he gets the pick of anything that Porsche has ever raced, ever, uh, plus road cars to drive up the hill. So, so if you see a man with no hair and a very, very big smile, go and say hello, because that is Mr. Oliver Marriage living his best life. Yeah, so he's having a good one. And then all the news, but also we've got galleries and action, social clips all over the social media. So check those out. Uh, and of course, a lot of the stuff uh, that we've, the cars that we've seen today and we've drooled over, um, we've we've either done a walk around video with them already or um, if we're lucky, we've had a go in them. So go on the YouTube channel and, and check out our archive of videos because... The kind of cars that go down well here are the kind of cars that go down well at Top Gear and we do our best to bring you the best access to all of them so make sure you check all of that and pick up a copy of the magazine as well while you're there. And rate and review the podcast. Um, we're going to put a very simple question in the Spotify um, uh, tool poll thing. Have you ever been to Goodwood Festival Speed? Yes or no? That's what we're going to put in there. Let us know and... Um, I would like to go get a glass of water because I've been walking around for... Only a glass of water? Maybe. I might have a glass of beer. Okay. I'm exhausted. All right, well, sorry if this is a bit haphazard and random, but we, we've given it a go. <laughs> Let us know what you think. And, um, yeah, if you're at Goodwood Festival Speed, come and say hello to us. And if you're not, come next year. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>